If you want to know what to expect from Dan Lanning and why Georgia fans are sad to see him leave, then this episode is the perfect one for you. I've got Clint Shamblin of Locked On Georgia coming on. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Ducks. I'm Spencer McLaughlin. Thanks for making this your first listen every day. It's part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with your team every weekday. Like and subscribe if you have not already. Leave a five-star review wherever you are listening. Always appreciate that. Or if you think it's a four-star show, that's all right, too. If you want to get involved with the show, hit me up on Twitter at smalls underscore 55. Or you can use the hashtag AskLODPod or follow at LockedOnDucks on Twitter. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA for special end of your financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Let's get right into it. My conversation with Clint Shamblin, host of Locked On Georgia. Everything Dan Lanning related and why he said to see him go, we get into all of it. Here we go. We welcome to the Locked On Oregon Ducks podcast now a show host on the Locked On Podcast Network himself. His name is Clint Shamblin. He hosts Locked On the Georgia Bulldogs. Clint, it is great to have you on. It's great to meet you for first and foremost, but Oregon fans, I'm sure, are Going to be on the on the edge of their seats listening to what you have to say about uh, about our new guy Dan Lanning. Yeah, man, glad to be here. Glad to be with you guys. So Dan Lanning, former defensive coordinator at your uh, at the school that you cover, and I presume you are a big big time fan of the Georgia Bulldogs. Absolutely. And he, he's now Oregon's head coach. Let's just go right right off the top. What did Bulldogs fans? think while he was the defensive coordinator after Mel Tucker left a few years ago? What's kind of the generalized perception about Dan Lanning on that side of the ball? Yeah, what we knew right away, this day was inevitably going to come. We knew Dan Lanning was going to get poached by some school. He has a quick ascent up there um, because he, I said this on the podcast on Locked on Bulldogs this week, what we were losing and what Oregon is gaining is a player's first coach. Meaning if you go back and look at Georgia's recruit history and you see the little name next to each one of some big time recruits who pulled him in, Dan Lanning is right there in the middle of it all. He's enthusiastic. He's energetic. Um, I, I watched a little bit of the presser uh, that he gave uh, today or yesterday. And, and I'm going to tell you, what you are, what you saw there is what you're getting from this guy. He's loves football. He's a football junkie. He's a kid junkie with these young men coming in. He just loves them to death, embodies enthusiasm. So um, he was a for sure leader on the defensive side of the ball, uh, coordinator, inside linebackers, outside linebackers. Uh, he really set the tone, and he is all about uh, getting players set up for success. So uh, he can recruit. And he can X and O's them up. He's he's a fantastic get for Oregon. Yeah, one thing I noticed in his press conference as I was also watching the other day is that energy really, really shone through to me was, you know, when he talks about the game of football and he says, My heart rate my heart rate gets elevated just saying the word football. And you know, the the passion definitely comes off as his age. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. He's only thirty-five no. years old, but I mean you're not going to have a guy who's just going to kind of sit back in his chair and want to just 
you know, be a CEO. He seems like a very hands-on sort of guy, right? You nailed it. That is exactly who he is. Yeah, that's uh, the sort of guy that has Oregon fans pretty darn excited right now. So down there amongst your your fellow Bulldogs fans, what was the reaction when you heard that he was leaving beyond, you know, how we knew this day was coming? Was it, you know, always inevitable or were there people who were still holding out like, oh, can we keep him for, for one or two more years? Or is there anybody down there at all who's even remotely glad to see him gone? Or is it kind of universal, uh, you know, expected disappointment? Nope, expected to see this happen. And it's this really, really weird mix. It's just like Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker took off uh, to Colorado and we were bemoaned. We were very sad. We loved Mel. But the thing that we said to ourselves was, hey, don't worry. We have Dan Lanning. That's that's what happened when Mel was gone. And then, so Dan's now here and we have another guy, Schumann, who's, who's in the wings ready. He's already been named co-defensive coordinator. He was actually co-defensive coordinator with Dan already, but he's elevated into a higher role um, this bowl season coming up. Uh, and so we knew when Mel took off, Dan was going to step into the shoes and, and perform admirably. He comes straight after the carbon copy of Kirby. Mel Tucker is the same way. Dan Lanning's the same way. They follow Kirby in that mold. Um, so yeah, we're sad to see him go, but absolutely the second he was named, we thought, oh, we see where this train has already been and where it's going. And we looked behind the, the train and we saw the caboose was Schumann. We thought, oh, Shu's going to step right in, and then whoever Kirby's going to hire after that. Um, and there's even, you know, Georgia uh, fans were very excited. We got Muschamp back on staff as an analyst, stepped into a special teams role, and this was kind of a, like, foresight. Before the season, everyone in Georgia knew if there's an opening <laughs> and Dan interviews, he's going to take it. Don't worry, we got two guys ready to step in. So that's that's the writing on the wall that we saw coming. So, yeah, sad to see him go, but beyond excited for his opportunity at Oregon. I think he's going to crush it at Oregon. Like I watch college football. I watch a ton of it. I'm from the West coast. I know West coast football, a great deal. Um, I think he is going to absolutely destroy the pac 12 uh, in recruitment in X's and O's and in scheme. Um, I'm, I'm so I'm thrilled for him as a person out there. I know people listening can't uh, see me yet. That'll come later in the podcast. But as Clint was talking right there, my face just grinning ear ear to ear, man, mm. just absolutely mm. grinning. Love love to hear that. Also love to uh, always connect with a, a fellow 503 number. I don't come across those very often as I've ventured around the country. That's right. That's right. So he's known as a great recruiter amongst other things. I'll get to kind of the, the scheme component that he brings as well. But first, we're going to take a quick timeout and we will come back right after this. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 27,000 businesses have already used NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash NCAA. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. 
BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, we're back with Clint Shamblin of Locked On Georgia Bulldogs. This, of course, is Locked On Ducks. So we're talking about Dan Lanning, the former Georgia defensive coordinator, who one of the things that he has uh, a reputation for is being a very good recruiter, and you alluded to that earlier. Who are some of the guys that Oregon fans might know of that he that he's brought to Georgia or coached at Georgia and is that something that as he goes up to Eugene which is different than being down in Athens should Oregon fans expect him to be able to continue recruit at a high level keeping in mind as well that the recruiting base has been built up the last few years by by this Oregon staff and they just retain their recruiting coordinator with regards to that and everything I just said, I was thinking about throwing four more questions at you in that one question, but why don't Love you it. go ahead. The, Love it. Yours. Uh, the first year Dan Lanning's in Georgia, I'm going to list you three guys that are now in this year's senior class for Georgia and are all Americans, all SECs, award finalists, guys that I think are going to go in the first three rounds of the draft. Jordan Davis, all SEC team. Devontae Wyatt, all SEC team. Uh, we have guys like Aziz Ojolari, who's already setting rookie records for the Giants, Channing Tindall, and Quay Walker. Now, those last two, I think Jordan Davis was a three-star, so his name gets up there about development. But you want to talk about linebackers. You want to talk about blitzing. You want to talk about attacking scheme. Um, Oregon, from what I, I've seen and known and been out there, Oregon's going to get that pipeline from California is already there. The state of Oregon's on lockdown. I mean, I guess maybe if you want an engineering degree, you go become a beaver, I, I suppose. Um, but outside of that, you're going to the Ducks. Uh, Washington is a just dumpster fire up there. They got a Fresno State head coach coming up like what in the world's going up up there? I have no clue. Oregon has an opportunity to really capitalize on defensive mindedness. Offense is always going to be there for Oregon. It's, it's exciting. It's innovative, those sorts of things. But Quay Walker and Channing Tindall, um, start now for the first time this year, rotation with N'Kobe Dean at inside backer. And these guys are going to light the world on fire come combine season. I'm going to tell you right now, top three, Channing Tindall, Quay Walker, don't get the notoriety, but those are two inside linebackers that will post a sub 4 5 40 at 6 2, 2.35 and have instincts and intelligence. So this is why I think he's going to do so well at Oregon. Um, Kirby this year has, has taken his hands off the offense. Todd Monk and our offensive coordinator said, Hey, go have fun. Dan's seen that Dan and Kirby has, have been one and two on defensive side, uh, learning a lot of that system from him. Uh, so you get a guy coming in who can now all of a sudden bring sec style of development, not don't get the five-star defensive back from Florida. Like that's going to be a hard get for Oregon. I, I understand that you might pull a couple of them out. Um, I actually just saw McGee. Did he just come back today? Yeah, yeah. Seven as as we're recording this, Seven McGee earlier today announced that he was in the transfer portal. I think this is kind of the first big recruit landing for Dan Lanning as the head coach of Oregon. He was in the portal, but that was before he had spoken to Coach Lanning and Coach uh, Coach Johnson as well, the recruiting coordinator 
who they've retained. That's Coach Lanning's first hire as well. Again, we're recording this on on Tuesday night, and it'll air a little bit later. But, yeah, Seven McGee, really talented freshman running back, explosive speed, was in the portal, talked with Coach Lanning and Coach Johnson. Now he's not in the portal, coming back to Oregon. So it's been a good few days for Duck fans. We'll see what happens on, on National Signing Day. But it's been a good start for Coach Lanning. I don't know what he said to, to Seven McGee, but I can guarantee you it's something along these lines. Look, my job is to make you the best player and to let you do what you want to do with your offense. I'm not going to be in your room. I'm going to be in the room on the defensive side, getting players up at Eugene that can stop and then hand you the ball. That I, That's something that Dan is going to say. You're either elite or you're not, as Kirby says, and he has that. So he's going to take these guys that are unheralded, Jordan Davis, three-star, make them into All-Americans really, really be able to use that. Uh, and so you take a couple of five stars, maybe a, maybe a five-star defensive end, or maybe a, a five-star inside linebacker that, that Oregon's used to. And all of a sudden you add the development on side of that to take some three stars and move them up into all conference manner. And you got a recipe for a, a killer, just suffocating one side of the ball as he allows the offense to do their business, which is, should excite you. Yeah. I think what you talked about there is sort of an underrated aspect of college coaching is the development of two and three star guys to make them studs right utah won the pac 12 this year they're not pulling in five star or even they're pulling in some four star guys and i think their recruiting class this year cracked the top 30 for the first time like ever basically nationally but what Mm -hmm. whittingham has been able to do is take two and three star guys and make them into studs and oregon has got two players on the, the first team All-America list, Kayvon Thibodeau, number one overall mm-hmm. prospect in his class. He's a five-star guy. But the other one is Verone McKinley, who was a three-star guy, I believe. And he is an absolute ball hawk of a safety. He's all over the field. But like Marcus Mariota was a two- or three-star guy. Justin Herbert was a two- or three-star guy. And they developed into these incredible players at the University of Oregon. And it sounds like from your experience rooting for Dan Lanning led defenses is that he doesn't just have the ability to bring in the big high impact players who who are no doubt a part of why that Georgia defense is so good. But then to be able to fill it in with a three-star guy who's playing at a, at a four and a half to five-star level, that that's, that's something else that he's able to do. That's absolutely right. He coaches up really well. Again, he's, he's probably, um, he's probably more his strength is to getting the players onto campus and putting them in position. He's very, very skilled though, at the technicality, you don't go from uh, a grad assistant, uh, you know, in, in 2011 to head coach of a PAC 12 powerhouse, you know, in 10 years, just by having a nice ability to charm people, you know, you gotta be able to talk the talk. And so in 10 years, he's gone from grad assistant to head coach of Oregon for a reason, because the dude is killer, killer smart to make sure guys are in positions to succeed. Yeah. Uh, the, the other word out on him is not just that he's, you know, passionate and uh, an aggressive, energetic coach and is able to recruit, but that from a scheme perspective, he's a very kind of forward thinking sort of guy. And I was doing a little background research on this, just in case any of you listening out there think I don't prep for the show. I do, you know, just, just, just a little, just a little, but so I, I found some comments from South Carolina head coach Shane Beamer, which I'm sure you are familiar with. And as I get a look at your face, it appears that you are, but for those of you listening, Shane Beamer, after losing to Georgia 40 to 13 and the only touchdown in the game was late in the fourth quarter was the garbage first, time. Yep. Was the first touchdown the Georgia defense had allowed all season at that point, Shane Beamer, the South Carolina head coach, said 
that the schemes that Georgia ran defensively weren't complicated and that they mostly relied on having better guys. Do you, as a fan and someone who follows the sport and the Georgia Bulldogs very closely, find that to be the case? Do you think he's on point there? Or do you think he was maybe just a little bit upset that his, his team got punched in the mouth? Uh, no, so this is what I love about our defense. There are games in which we just knew South Carolina is a perfect example. We knew we had better players and Dan's job was to get out of the way and let the players go play. So uh, you're in the Pacific Northwest. It's kind of like the uh, Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl winning defense. Uh, they played the simplest, most scaled down defense in the entire world that year. Yep. But they won it because they knew we got better guys who have better technique and know their assignment. So Dan's a huge proponent during the week. Um, you hear this all the time coming out of Georgia. The practices are harder paced, harder fought than the game sometimes. And South Carolina was one of those times where Dan just said, during the week, we're going to make sure our technique, we're in positions, and I believe in you to go do it, but coach you up well. So we're not going to out-scheme them. We're just going to out-muscle them, out-hustle them, and just beat them to a pulp. And that's exactly what happened there. Now, conversely, um, I think a, a game like Arkansas, uh, Arkansas is unheralded in a lot of regards, or the Clemson game even, um, we certainly had outmatched them on a couple of regards, but you go check out that, that Arkansas wide receiver. He got to make a lot of money in the NFL. Okay. That, right. that cat is fast and good and ball hawking. You want to talk about Clemson has some offensive line that are going to go to the league as well. Uh, and so Dan has the ability to craft things uh, specifically for the team he's placing. I'm thinking of Cincinnati's bowl game uh, last year against Georgia uh, Dan had to change things up. We thought we were going to come out and we we're just going to bully them. Turns out since he showed up for a game, Dan made halftime adjustments to what they were doing, shut them down on the run, shut down uh, quarterback play of Ritter. Uh, and so, yes, he believes in his guys, coaches them up technique wise. It's really important and scheme. He adjusts to what the offense is giving him, uh, which is really, really fun. The one thing that's consistent about him, he loves pressure. Oh my gosh. The guy loves bringing pressure from everywhere. I, I have to imagine that he is going to lament, you know, just like 0.1% in his mind that he, he missed Kayvon Thibodeau by one year. I, I have to Ooh. imagine that's a guy who he would have just loved to have coached. Oh, and man, you know, this year, Oregon on the defensive side of the ball under Tim DeRoyter, was, they, they were fine. They weren't great. They were not very good on third downs, which is ironic because they were very good on offense on third downs. I think they were top yeah. 10 or top five in the country under Joe Moorhead, who I think is a really, really smart coordinator. We'll see how he does at Akron, but that guy's an OC, I, I think is, is really smart. But one point of slight annoyance, I will say, that Oregon fans had this year with regards to the defense is something I would tell you about on the other side of this break, we've got more with Clint Shamblin of Locked On Georgia. Stick around. Don't compare Bilt Bar to holiday desserts. We don't want people to feel guilty about enjoying the holidays. November 30th through December 23rd, you get the best of both worlds. Delicious and healthy. With a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. There's so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle the holiday shoppers. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, whether it's raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, or more, they'll fight for their favorite flavor and things could get out of hand. Tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. 
Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa, let it melt a little, and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. All right, we're back. So the one thing I teased on the other side of the break, just to keep you interested, was Oregon's third down defense this year. And one thing that I noticed anyway is the Ducks under Tim DeRoyter had a tendency to be very aggressive on first and second down with their coverage and they're willing to get up and, and play press man-to-man or, or tighter zones. But then on third down, you know, like third and six, third and seven, they would just go soft and because they didn't want to get beat over the top is, is that something that Dan Lanning you know it, he seems like the kind of guy who might oppose that just within the fiber of his DNA that that's not um, what he's made of now we had a five-star kid come in Keely Ringo as a freshman this year first year on campus first year starter starting at cornerback for us um, so if you were to think in the SEC against some of these offenses against an Auburn let's say where they want Bo Nick scrambling about chucking it deep um, you might say, oh, let's roll a safety over to, uh, to Keeley's side. Let's give him some cushion. Uh, no, that's not at all what happened. Uh, Dan said, hey, Keeley, you on an island. Like, do work, son, because I'm bringing safeties. I'm bringing backers. We're blitzing them all day. Um, he does not sit back and does not do cushion very well. Um, another guy, even thinking of how he brings the pressure, um, there's this guy named Dan Jackson on the team. He's a safety. <clears throat> He's a unheralded kid. I don't even think he was, I think he was, a, uh, no, I know for a fact he was a walk-on. Um, didn't get a scholarship offer coming in. Uh, he played a predominant role this season playing in a uh, safety slot position because we brought so much pressure that we needed somebody smart and cerebral in the back end to make sure things went well. Um, so yeah, sitting back and being soft uh, describes nothing that Dan Lanning is. He's a guy who you're still going to have in the college football playoff game, Dan Lanning, that is, and Georgia fans hope in the national championship game. But I, I think that game with Michigan is going to be a physical, physical football game. How do you as Bulldog fans feel about still having him for that game while he's transitioning to becoming the head coach? I mean, you know, he's moving his family up to Eugene. He's got to yep. assemble a staff. And he has to do game prep for the number three team in the country to try to win a national championship. I, as an Oregon fan, look at it and say, I'm okay with him not being here. If we miss a couple of recruits because he's elsewhere right now, that's okay because he's getting the sort of championship experience that I want Oregon to be able to get to one day. But what are you guys feeling about that right now down in Athens? That's exactly right. Your coworkers uh, invite you out to lunch and your CEO shows up out of nowhere and says, hey, you want to come have lunch with me? You're not going to fault your coworker for going to have lunch with the CEO because they're going to have an opportunity to learn some things at that meeting, right? right. He's going to come back from that. This is what this is. Dan Lanning is going to get more insight. Kirby Smart knows. I, I think Dan is so smart for going to the opposite coast. One, Kirby and him's friendship is going to continue. Like they're, they're good buds. They're, that's going to continue. Competitiveness is not there. Two, he gets to recruit a whole West Coast outside of one of the best recruiters in the entire nation, Kirby Smart, who might pull off another one or two class uh, uh, on Wednesday and National Science. So when you're listening to this, he might already have that. Um, but the other thing, he's learning right next to his friend under the tutelage of this whole entire time, picking up insight of how to run a college program with finals, 
with travel schedules, with holidays, with bowls, keeping kids focused, keeping them energized, talking to staff the whole time. Um, this is what he's gaining more of. He's been there once before. He's going to do it a second time through. Um, and, and yeah, you can't put a, any sort of, hey, we missed out on, like you said, a recruit. I, I don't care if, if I was in your shoes, I'd want him down to these bowl games in Florida and then hopefully national championship as well uh, for that experience. And we like it too. Um, Kirby, when he was at Alabama before he came on staff, when he was hired at Georgia, this is the same exact thing that happened to Kirby. So it's carbon copy. Um, Kirby came over. Bama won the national championship that year. Kirby was with them all the way through. And this is the type of, again, you would think to yourself, man, if I had a job somewhere else, I would just like stop working at my current employment, you know, just kind of like kick your feet up. Kirby did not. Uh, you saw him on the side. I mean, this guy literally has get back coach holding right. onto his belt the whole entire game. That's Dan Lanning's same mentality. So um, these are people who die if they don't go a hundred miles per hour every single minute. So we're excited because we know he's going to give it his all still, even knowing he's leaving. Um, uh, so yeah, we're, we're glad he's there on the sideline. Yeah, he said in the press conference that he was learning that there were not enough hours in the day for everything that he needed to do. And I don't know how he's got enough, but he seems like the energetic and driven sort of guy to, to be able to do it. Finally, with Clint Shamblin of Locked On Georgia, Oregon right now is three-time reigning Pac-12 North champions, and they have become a program that expects to win at a high level. And Coach Lanning noted in his opening press conference about how, you know, we want to build, you know, the program the right way. You know, obviously he wants to, you know, make it in his vision, but there is already a pretty good amount of infrastructure, I would argue, in place with the recruiting classes that Mario Cristobal staff brought in over the last several years. They won 10 games this year. And when that's viewed as a down year, so to speak, not necessarily a down year, but, you know, a disappointment or not getting to, where you want to go, all of that in mind, what do you think Dan Lanning can accomplish at the University of Oregon based on your experience with him as a fan? Yeah, I, I don't know the all the deep dive statistics. I give you all sorts of deep dive statistics on the SEC, but my assumption is uh, that Oregon has some pretty good indications, pretty similar aspects from year to year, year in, year out, the schemes, the offense, where you rank upon all those, yada, yada, yada. But if I'm looking at the Pac-12, kind of the, the landscape of the power structures, right? You got Chip Kelly, uh, who runs an offense. Okay, fine. You get uh, Utah that, for whatever reason, got this magic mojo over there out in the desert that just keeps on churning out winners without even having a lot of talent to go around. There's certainly something there. Um, I think what Dan Lanning does, is, oh, and then, of course, Lincoln Riley coming in. But let me tell you right now, go ask Lincoln Riley what happened Rose Bowl uh, against Georgia and what Dan Lanning was able to do second <laughs> half of that game. So he's already taken care of that. Like, I, I think this is a guy who is uniquely positioned. Whittingham might be the, the closest example of somebody like him in the Pac-12. Okay, closest. Because everybody else is not like him. Everybody else is trying to do this, like, weird, inventive cliff Kingsbury, hey, let's throw it around the yard and see what happens thing. Dan's going to come in, and again, he's not he's going to say, great, have some fun, um, but it's going to be first on sound technique. Like, again, scheme, okay, cool, we can morph that. It's going to be sound technique. So tackling, look, look at Georgia's team. The thing that was so shocking, we don't miss tackles at, like, Georgia. Like, we might – people might catch the ball and might run for it at Alabama game. We can't even talk about that right now because I'm still mourning it. But <laughs> if there's a player in front – 
we had the the fewest missed tackles in the entire SEC. Okay, um, so technique, soundness, that is there. I don't see uh, Chip Kelly doing that. I see a whole bunch of teams, Arizona State, Herm, and Arizona. I see a bunch of teams that that miss out on that and just kind of show up and think if they can have some flash and some fun, they'll win. Uh, that's not Dan's first MO. Uh, so that's exciting. Secondly, uh, it's just going to be a lot of competition and a lot of camaraderie with these guys. Like talk about buy-in. We, that's a buzz phrase around college football a ton, but tan landing will get buy-in where you'll have player only meetings that they're going to start repeating. You're going to hear phrases and mottos that players will start saying, coaches are saying that Dan's saying, and it'll be uniform all around. He'll get that buy-in. Um, and you have that, you have fundamentals and you have buy-in like, holy geez. And then you add talent and scheme on top of that. Like that's the base that you have. Uh, sky's the limit for it. What's going to happen. Well, that is uh, Clint Shamblin. Appreciate you coming on the show. Best of luck to the, uh, the Bulldogs in the orange bowl. I've got Georgia winning. I think Michigan covers though. I think seven and a half. That's, that's a lot. Now the other side of that is when Vegas sets a number that you go, Whoa, that's way too high. It means they know something you don't, but there are those moments where you look at it and go, ah, that, that's too many points. I think Michigan keeps it close, but I think that Georgia defense makes a stop late. I, I think so. Michigan, unfortunately, is coming into a buzzsaw. If you wanted to play a team or wanted to face a team that was exactly your kryptonite, Georgia is exactly Michigan's kryptonite, which is a shame for Michigan good for us. But uh, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. Well, if you're an Oregon fan and you just listened to that, hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thanks to Clint Shamblin. But I tell you what, hearing him talk about Dan Lanning has me even more exciting for Oregon's new head football coach. I'm sure many of you feel that way as well. That's it for Locked on Ducks this week. We'll be back in your feeds next week. Probably just going to do one to two episodes. It'll be uh, around Christmas time. I'll be on Christmas vacation, but I'll still make a little bit of time to do uh, one or two shows. I'll keep you posted on that. You can keep up with me on Twitter at smalls underscore 55. Hit me up anytime that you like. I thank you all for listening, and I will see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Go Ducks.